and welcome along to episode 151 of the JazzNet Weekly Podcast, the totally free and independent Rangers podcast made by fans for fans, where all of the content is absolutely free. Uh, and the free content doesn't just start and end with the podcast, but if you head over to our website at www.jazznet.co.uk, you can also find a whole host of great inf- uh, information and content, including a very friendly discussion forum, lots of articles, match previews and reviews as well as a very informative history archive as well. If you're joining us live on YouTube tonight, it's just gone uh, 9.34 on Sunday, the 26th of September, uh, a couple of minutes late, so apologies for that. The show will always be available for download as well the next day, so that's Monday morning. Um, so you can get that wherever you get your, your normal podcast, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, and also on Spotify. Feel free to give us a, a wee like or a comment and a review, and make sure you subscribe if you haven't already done so. Uh, before we get started tonight, one other quick thing to mention is that we've got an excellent opportunity here at JazzNet for your business to sponsor the JazzNet podcast and reach thousands of listeners every week. So if that sounds like a good opportunity to you, then please do send an email through to info at jazznet.co.uk uh, or just contact Frankie on social media and we will be in touch. Joining us on the pod tonight to look over yesterday's 1-0 win over Dundee as well as the midweek cup progress against Livingston, we have got the Camelon Crusader himself, Colin Armstrong. Colin, uh, a few minutes later, I hear you're having tech trouble at your end today. Yeah, my laptop's finally died on me, the old faithful. So I, that'll, that'll need to go. Uh, I've had to find an alternative arrangement for tonight. So yeah, a new laptop required, I'm afraid, Ron. So sure thank you for money for it. I know, that's for Frankie making sure that I get a plug-in for a new sponsor so we can try and upgrade your tech a wee bit there. Um, a, a successful weekend all round, Colin, with us picking up three points and uh, Celtic across the city dropping their first points at home this afternoon. You must be feeling pretty pretty good heading into the new week. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's all about the result, I suppose, yesterday, but I didn't feel particularly enthused about the performance yesterday and I, I, I'm, I've still got a few concerns but uh, yeah there's no doubt about it that result today made things a little bit easier to bear you know uh, so I, I I don't think we should focus, focus too much on them though I think we need to I, I think we've got a real opportunity I think it was John uh, that said at the start of the season uh, when we came back on that you know we've got a real opportunity you know that Celtic are a bit of a shambles at the moment and we have to have a good start we haven't had the best of starts, but we've got to take advantage because they might not be the shambles that they are at the moment for the rest of the season. So while they're down there struggling, we, we need to get our own uh, house in order, I think. Absolutely. Make advantage of, of Ange Ball, as it is. Um, the other guest that we have this evening is a very warm welcome back to Gary Valentine. Gary, since the last time that you and I spoke, uh, I believe you've become a dad. How are you, uh, how are you coping with the sleepless nights? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I had a wee laugh at myself yesterday because I kind of been you see things and then as a parent you think well I hope that doesn't happen to my my son and when I seen Paul McGowan's hair when he came on yesterday I thought I really hope my kids never got a haircut like that because it was absolutely wild but other than that it's been good I'm amazed that you managed to stay awake for the 90 minutes at Dens Park yesterday which was some of the driest football I've ever seen I'm surprised as well. The wee man never, he, he slept right through it. Know, c- celebrate Aribo's goal very quietly. Uh, good for you. No, I think the, the wee man had the right idea. I wasn't not far behind him. Um, I guess there's only there's only one place for us to start this week, which is uh, yesterday's 1-0 victory uh, away at Dundee at Dens Park. Colin, it was a very hard-fought 1-0 victory. And, and as you say, we're still making really hard work out of these games, which, you know, really 
should be routine victories. We'll come on to talk a little bit later about Livingston in midweek, but again, it wasn't pretty. It was it was quite industrial and 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 far from glamorous. What's your thoughts on yesterday's result and, and performance in general? I mean, the result you take you know you take the three points. I think the sort of general consensus of any game is by hook or by crook you get the result, and you you don't always play well. I mean, Rangers have. In fact, every team that, that's won a title in the past is, you know, there's a, there's a fair amount of games or some those 38 games that have just got through it. A 1-0, a 2-1, whatever it is, not played particularly well. But yesterday's result, I think it comes on the back of in different form over a prolonged period. You know, we're, we're, we're approaching October now. You know, we're maybe three or four weeks away from the clocks come back. And that's you properly into winter. The European campaign started properly. And that's when, it, that, that's when I feel that you're in winter when you get that first group stage European match that to me and the floodlights are on. That's, that, that's when it feels to me that summer's over and you're in the, the proper part of the season. Uh, so it's, it's been pretty much for day one. We've not looked cohesive. We've not looked as uh, fluent and as uh, incisive as we were last season. So, yeah, it's a concern. You know, I know Celtic are a shambles. And that's great, you know, we can all have a laugh at that, but, you know, Hibs and Hearts are putting up a wee fight, and, and what concerns me, you know, the result was fine yesterday, but the performance, you know, you, you turn in a performance like that at, at Easter Road, at Fine Castle, uh, even at Mull, you know, even at Fur Park this season, uh, you, you could be in for a, for a hard 90 minutes. So, yeah, happy with the result, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a given. The performance, it's another in a long line of, uh, you know, below par performances. And I, I feel it's just too many important players are, are underperforming. You know, it's, it's, it's not just one thing. I, I just think a lot of those players at very high heights last season are, are falling well short of those heights at the moment. I, I think you're absolutely right, Colin. And, and just quickly on that, there are certain players that are underperforming, but but also for a number of them, they've had such a stuttering start to the season, you know, with, with injuries, with COVID, with international duties, etc. Um, pre-season wasn't ideal for us. Do you think that that's having a lasting impact or is it simply that players aren't getting out of, you know, getting into the next year? No, I think I think we've passed that stage now, if I'm being honest. I, I got that argument earlier on in the season, but... Every big club who had players at the tournaments, you know, at, at the Euros and at Copa America and all that kind of thing, they've all had to deal with players coming back, staggered, and, and everyone's got to deal with COVID. That's 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 no exclusive to Rangers. You know, that's that's every club. So I, I, I felt in the early part of the season, you know, the sort of stuttering start that we had, I felt by now we would be showing some signs of becoming a bit more fluent again. And there was a wee bit of it on Wednesday. I, I thought second half there was wee signs that we were, it was kind of clicking. But I mean, yesterday we're just we're just back to square one. I mean, that was yesterday. It was, it was horrible. Again, lion's share of possession. You know, we're controlling the ball. I just don't think we're moving it quickly enough, and we're, we're not cutting teams open anymore. And we're very very soft again at the back. I mean, Connor Goldson and Tav yesterday were that's as poor a performance, especially uh, from Tav. Uh, you know, he, he was getting skinned. Quite frequently in that second half, Goldson, you know, for the penalty. I know we'll come on and talk about the penalty, but that's that's just a long ball, and all of a sudden, we're you know we're turned, and uh, McLaughlin's got to come out and deal with it. You know, with something similar last week against Motherwell, I think it was their keeper punted the ball up, and it just been before you know it, McGregor's got to make a sort of last ditch save. So 
I think defensively, we're, we're nowhere near the levels of last season. Uh, and when it comes to you know the middle to front, we're, we're not opening teams up in the same way. Yeah, I think so. That's that's the next point that I want to talk about, Gary. Middle to front, we are not opening teams up in the same way. And and you look at the the number of goals we scored in the first six or seven games last season compared to where we are this year. Um, it, it's it's blatantly obvious that we are not creating and putting away enough chances at the moment. In your opinion, Gary, is that the fault of the strikers not converting chances or is there something a little bit more deep-rooted that we're not able to create in the same way that we did last season? Which is it's strange because it's it's exactly the same players by and large. Well, I think that could be part of the problem. It's the same players. But I still don't think we've, we've actually strengthened their squad. Yeah, we've brought in some players who, who may strengthen, like uh, Sakala, but they're going to take time. You uh, see Lundstrom, he's just starting to hopefully come on to a game. So... I think that that we've not improved the squad as much as what I hoped. As we said before, the last time I was on, probably because of the lack of Champions League money. But at the same time, like Morelos has had a kind of stop-start season. Hadji's the same with COVID. Kent, I don't think, has uh, been fit. Uh, Roof's been in and out of the team due to suspension as well. So I don't just... I think that the biggest problem is we've just not had a, a consistent run with, with, with your strongest players. See, I've started to see some calls, Gary, for Jermaine Defoe to be brought into the squad. And it's, you know, maybe that's a really simple solution that the team's not scoring enough goals, bring in a guy who's had, a, you know, 18 years at the top level banging in goals. Do you think that that might help the situation or is it is it not that quick a fix to just put a kind of penalty box poacher in place? I don't think a 39-year-old striker's the answer for Rangers at the moment. I, I, I really like Jermaine Defoe. I think he, he has got his uses. I don't think that's that's what we need right now. I think that the players that we've got are good enough. They just need to, to, to find that kind of consistency and get a run of games. I just don't think they've had that yet. Um, I'll stay with yourself then, then Gary. Um, the penalty incident uh, is one that's generated, again, a lot of newspaper column inches and tweets and headlines as, as we expect it would. Um, I think I'm right in saying that the, the Dundee manager after the final whistle yesterday got sent off for, for arguing with the referee that, that John McLaughlin should have been sent off. So as Colin said, it was a, a long ball over the top. I think Conor Goldson dealt with it appallingly, letting the ball bounce, um, which he, he absolutely never should have done. It's the first rule of defending like that is get something on the ball and get rid. Um, but the ball bounces, Goldson gets turned, the players one-on-one with McLaughlin and McLaughlin uh, well, the, the striker tries to take it around the keeper and McLaughlin brings him down um, penalty was saved Gary and McLaughlin gets a yellow card what was your, your view of the incident was the yellow card correct was it a clear penalty how did you see it well, thankfully opinion doesn't matter it's what the rules are and the rules are if it's a, a clear attempt for the ball which McLaughlin done surprised he didn't go with his hands right enough but he went with his foot to try and get the ball Um so it's a yellow card. As far as I, I know, they changed it all a couple of years ago. They don't do the, the double jeopardy. And uh, so a penalty is the right thing. Yellow card is the right thing. And what, what, what I laugh is, is that all these kind of pundits, as you say, that have these opinions. It's guys like Willie Miller and that, that are on BBC that played the game 30, 40 years ago. And they'll say, well, in my day, that was a penalty. But it's not their day anymore. The, the, the game's moved on. There's new rules. And as much as people maybe don't like it, there's lots of rules I don't like, but those are the rules. So you can't, because the rules don't suit you, doesn't mean you can say it's some kind of injustice. But at the same time, I think Goldsmith is getting back as well. If you, if that continued, Goldsmith is in the back of 
McLaughlin, he, not say he would have stopped it, but he was covering anyway, so still a yellow card for me. Yeah, I agree. Colin, how did you view that incident? I don't think it's up for debate, really. As, 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 as uh, Gary said, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming tiring, actually. It's becoming tiresome how much like certain media outlets are determined to make controversy around, around Rangers games. As Gary's pointed out there, the rules are the rules. You know, if any player makes a genuine attempt to get the ball, then it's a yellow and that's the right decision. Now, when you look at it, who was it that was running through again? The Dundee boy. Oh, I, w- I wouldn't know their names to be honest. Anyway, it, you know, it, 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 puts it, it puts it past uh, McLaughlin's left leg. McLaughlin sticks out his left leg and an attempt to stop it and catches him. It's a definite penalty. I would never, I would never dispute the penalty award. The minute he went down, I knew it was a penalty. Uh, but the, the this thing that it should be a, a red card is just absolute nonsense. And McTake's comments afterwards and the way he reacted again, I kind of felt that was manufactured. Uh, I was watching. I was watching. Uh, I kind of flicked over the sports scene results yesterday uh, after the game, and there was a big talking point that Stevie Thompson on. I can't remember who the other guest was. Uh, some last year, I can't remember who it was, and that David Curry was hosting. Now he was like, oh, big controversy at Dens Park, blah, blah, blah. And Stevie Thompson's like, no, no, it was the right decision. And the, and the other panel member was like, no, no, you know, it was the right decision. But, uh, the ref got it right. And Curry just wouldn't accept it. He, he, he tried to, he, he kept on, well, you know, that's what you're saying, but other people will interpret it differently. And this controversy will surely rumble on. And you're thinking that it, there isn't a controversy. You know, the referee, is, I mean, Madden is not my favourite referee, I must admit. Uh, it, it, it does get a few things wrong, but not that yesterday. I, I, I thought it was the right decision, and for the, the usual suspects to be sort of crying foul and you know masons and conspiracies and and all that sort of nonsense. Especially when you see the penalty that Dungeon United were denied today at Celtic Park, which was a red card because there was absolutely no attempt to play the ball. Uh, aye, it's 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 boring. You know what I mean? That I, I know we're. For a big club, and I know that media outlets need to generate headlines and stuff like that. But this manufactured controversy—that was never a thing up until I would say, I would say 2012 has been a big turning point. You know what I mean? It was kind of creeping in before that, but since then, you know, if, if a Rangers defender farts in the penalty box, it's you know it's a controversial moment, and it should be a penalty in a red card, mm-hmm. and, and it's boring. Mm-hmm. It's really, really boring, and you, and I don't think Twitter helps either. You know what I mean? So. No, absolutely the right decision and boring, tiresome pish from the usual folk, I think. Yeah, and I guess we're just fortunate that it was a good balloon who stepped up to take the penalty and rolled it down the middle for, for John McLaughlin <laughs> save. Imagine if that had been Lee Griffiths. Yeah, you've got well. to go for Lee Griffiths, he's having a poor weekend, didn't he? As <laughs> huckled off on 30 minutes. It was uh, the perfect, perfect wee cameo from Griffiths. I really enjoyed that. Um, Gary, one of the biggest cliches that we've seen this season after games like yesterday, after games like midweek at Livingston, winning ugly is how you win leagues. Uh, we've been winning ugly. We've not played beautiful football, I don't think, in really any game this season. Um, and yet we are a point clear at the top of the league, six points clear of Celtic. Um, is there a school of thought to say, why are we Why are we so worried? I'm of the opinion that 
these kind of cliches and things, marquee champions, signing champions, whatever it is, that's fine. And I need up at Inverness and it's in the middle of winter when you, you, you scrape a 1-0 win and back up the road. But when it's, this is the seventh game and really other than the second half against Celtic, I don't think we've been anywhere near our best and I include the European games, even the game against Livingston is that we're going to talk about. Um, I, I think, I, I'm not saying I'm worried. I think it's great that we're in the position we're in and as we said earlier, you'd, you'd bite your hands off for that um, if we were offered that at the start of the season. But uh, as, as Colin said, as funny as it is laughing at Celtic, we really need to look at ourselves and like oh, fans have all got eyes. We can see we're not playing well. Thankfully, Gerard seems to see that as well, these comments after games. But they really need to get down to even some kind of the form that we had last year because at the minute it's looking like last year was a, a one-off and a lot of the performances are mirroring the first couple of seasons under Gerard, which at times was great to watch, but a lot of points were needlessly dropped, and that's why we haven't won more trophies than what we've won so far. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Gary. Colin, whilst we started the season in blistering form last season, um, there were kind of dips in our performances. There were spells where we were scraping 1-0, 2-0, 2-1 victories, um, we had disappointing results along the way. I remember the Hamilton game last year where they, they equalised last minute and it was nothing more than they deserved. So we go through periods, I think, in any successful season whereby it's less dynamic, it's less overwhelming, and yet we're still churning out results. I, I guess the question, Colin, is how worried are you that this might not turn around and that we might start to not be winning these games 1-0, not be scraping victories, because if that happens, if we start dropping points, it's, um, you know, I say we're, we're six points clear of Celtic, but that doesn't take a long time to to claw that deficit back. Are you worried about the situation? Yeah, I'm slightly concerned, yeah. I mean, we're six points ahead. We're in a good position just now. I'm talking about Celtic, obviously. <clears throat> uh, so uh, my, my fear is that we just become too dependent on them dropping points, you know what I mean? And I, I don't think we should dis- dismiss, you know, Hearts and Hibs at the moment because they're, they're in good form and, and Motherwell have been playing well as well. And I think Dungeon United have surprised a few as well at the moment. Now, I don't think Motherwell or Dungeon United and probably either the, the Edinburgh clubs are going to win the league, but they could certainly take points off us if we continue these sort of, you know, substandard performances. I mean, I know what you're saying about last season, you know, there, there was a few games where we weren't at our best and, you know, we struggled to break teams down. But I felt last season, I was never in doubt that we were ever going to lose the majority of those games. We looked so solid and so in control. It was just a case whether we could get that goal and and, and secure the win and, and break teams down. This season, I just think we look vulnerable at the back. There's a, there's a, a, there's a soft centre about us now, which... Uh, aye, worries me a wee bit, and I, and I think going back to, I mean, I, know, I don't go with this whole Rangers can't play in front of crowds, all that nonsense. They do make a difference. We saw that at Tannadice, you know, Dungeon IT doctor levels, and we couldn't match it, and all of a sudden you've dropped three points. So I'm slightly concerned. Uh, I, I, I still fancy us. I still think uh, we've got some years to go up. I still think we've got the best squad in Scotland. But the boys that are underperforming, and there's a lot of them, uh, they need to start just stopping it. And they don't, I mean, I'm not asking for, for Rangers to reach the same levels as last season. I think everyone appreciated that that was pretty much, you know, that's a once in a generation sort of thing that, you know, to go the season uh, undefeated. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm not asking for those levels, but they need to start giving us 20, 30% more. To, because if they do, I think if Rangers go on a... If we were to go on a run between now and Christmas, you know, undefeated, I think that would be enough. You know, I, I think we have in hearts. They're playing well just now and they're, and they're getting results. But, you know, injuries and suspensions and all that kind of thing, they've got a, they've got a smaller squad than Rangers and Celtic, so you would anticipate that that would have a, an impact at some point. And Celtic, at the moment, they're a shambles, but you, you can't count them being a shambles for the rest of the season. You know, you, you need to take care of your own business, and that's what we need to start doing. We need to start putting teams to bed, putting in strong performances. The thing that worries me now is teams don't look scared of us anymore. That's what gets me. Dundee fancied that yesterday. They wouldn't have fancied it last season. You know what I mean? They fancied getting something off us yesterday because we've looked a wee bit, uh, you know, as I said, soft at the back. We're not cutting teams open. I mean, Ruth and Morelos yesterday. I mean, don't get me wrong, Morelos for the for the goal, that wee pass was was, was just a wee act of genius, really. You know, the wee reverse pass into Aribo. But, you know, they're wasting so much chances and that's when they, they get chances. You know, they, they, they're just not splitting teams open and I, as a bit of concern we can't rely on uh, Celtic losing it we need to win it and we, we can't dismiss Harps and Hibs because if we do we'll, we'll end up with egg in our face mm-hmm. Yeah two two very very difficult games coming up uh, the, the next two fixtures Harps and Hibs are both both at Ibrooks and hopefully we can we can capitalise there I guess Colin the question of, of being worried about the outcome of the season you take the emotion away from it and look at um the bookies at the moment pricing us up at around about two to seven. So we're still very, very clear odds on favourites to win with the bookies. And I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, the Daily Record was obsessed with this supercomputer. Supercomputer predicts that Celtic will win the league on X and Y date and, and, and all that. Well, the supercomputer that they use currently has us at 71% to win the league. There's obviously no story about that because it's the Daily Record and, and that's not their narrative. But it still is very much in our favour and, and we shouldn't get too carried away. But Momentum is a massive thing in football, in, in domestic league football. Momentum is is a real massive factor. And I think once we once we start to gather some momentum and get some pace and get all the players back fit and fighting, I think I think we'll be in a different position. Gary, just one more thing on, on yesterday's game. John Lundstrom in the centre of the park, kind of playing the Steve Davis role yesterday. Um, he's had a run of a few games now and, and, and Gerard really singled him out for praise afterwards and said he was his man of the match. He's had a run of a few games now where the performance level seems to have stepped up from the start of the season. The start of the season, um, I'd say it was rather difficult for Lundstrom, but it does seem to have improved in the last two or three games. Are you pleased with the output that we're getting from him now? I am now. At the start, I was uh, quite well. I say at the start, I was at the Real Madrid game and I thought he looked superb um, when we were on. I totally get that it was a, a, a weakened Real Madrid team that we played. I thought he looked really composed on the ball. And then he just fell away. But again, I think that coincides with the rest of the team being inconsistent. Um, for the, the bits and bobs you need for uh, coming for Rangers, our system's quite a complicated system. It takes time to learn, which is another reason the newer signings might take a, a bit longer to, to find their feet. But certainly the last couple of games I've seen, he's, he looks a player now. Um, I, I don't know if it helps that maybe he's allowed to play that Steve Davis role, but Steve Davis isn't there. So that's possibly helping him. Um, but I think it was was it Gary McAllister for the the, the press conference on uh, before the Levinson game said mm. that he could play that position or he could also play as a forward eight. I've yeah. not really seen him perform well in that position as a forward eight 
but certainly in the Steve Davis role, looks like he's a bit more comfortable doing that. Yeah, it's funny. I think I think I'm right in saying that he he was playing more of an eight role at Sheffield United, and that then coming here and and changing his role a little bit was was difficult for him. But do you think, Gary, that then if he's if he's playing better in the Steve Davis role, is part of the problem that we've had is if we're trying to shoehorn Lundstrom and Davis into the same side, is it maybe a case of one or the other at this point to try and get the both the the best out of both players? It could be, but that, that's been the same argument we've had with Ryan Jack, Kamara and Davis previously mm-hmm. as well. And the, the, the problem is, is that we've got really good players, but 11 good players don't make a, necessarily make a good team. And that's why we've got to somebody play, plays the roles well rather than just playing it because of who they are. And that, that's possibly the reason that, it, that he's maybe struggled. But now that he's playing Aribo in there, he's also played Hadji in that role as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can allow Lundstrom to go back and give Davis a wee bit of a break because a guy at his age, I don't think should be playing all those games and I think he's been doing that out of necessity rather than because Gerard's actually wanting him to be doing that yeah yeah no I think I think that's absolutely right I don't think when when Davis was brought in two years ago or whatever it was uh, I, I don't think anyone envisaged how many games how regularly he'd, he'd be playing uh, Gary do you think that we've actually got a settled idea of our our best midfield at this point because there does still seem to be quite a lot of chopping and changing I don't think Gerard will ever have a, a settled midfield and or a settled team for that matter. I think he's uh, in the opinion that they're kind of the mindset of down south that you need 22 players um, and you're going to rotate them depending on what game. A, a, lot, of, a lot of us, especially up in Scotland, are more old, old school, old fashioned in the sense that you should just play your, your strongest 11. But with the sports science and things, that's just not going to happen anymore. So we need to, to like it or lump it, I suppose. But like that. As I said, I think part of the problem is that we keep changing the team, whether that's the back four. I don't think the back four's been playing well, and I think that's part of the problem. I don't think the strikers have been playing well. I think that's part of the problem, and certainly the midfield as well. You need players to play together in games, pick up understandings, pick up partnerships, and that's how we can get better. And for me, we've done that really well last season. And when he did change it, that's where we got the kind of bad results. St. Murn comes to mind in the League Cup. So I, th- I think he really needs to stop making as many changes. But when, when he finds a, a system that certainly works in midfield, he should stick with it. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Well, we'll move from, from one hard-fought, gritty and not very good to watch victory to another. And, and Colin, um, we, we moved past Livingston in midweek uh, at Ibrox in the, in the League Cup and that takes us back to Hamden um, in, the, in the League Cup semi-finals in a few weeks' time. But a lot of parallels, I think, with the with the Dundee game and, and potentially with the uh, the Motherwell game from from last week as well, um, in that it's just not the fluid, dynamic football that we're used to seeing from this Rangers side. Um, so I don't want to kind of just go over all ground because I think a lot of what we've just spoken about for Dundee is, is probably fairly applicable to this game as well. But um, Colin, talk to me about the impact that Yanis Hadji had on this game when he when he came on from the second half. It seemed to to change at that point. Well, I mean, I slightly disagree with you, Ross. I think the second half was, was pretty decent from Rangers on, on Wednesday night. Uh, the first half was as bad as I've seen them, to be honest. It was the same sort of stuff that we spoke about. Uh, but, I mean, I mean, Hadji's made the difference in it, and, and someone who's probably paid the price for that is, is, is Scott Wright. You know, I felt an early part of the season when he wasn't getting game time, I, I felt for him. I, I, I felt he was being sort of 
a wee bit harshly treated and some of these performances from the bench, to me, considering the way some other players were playing at the time, I felt he deserved a start. He got his chance on Wednesday and he's he's just not taking it. You know, I thought he was he was really timid and really poor and he was uh, he was the same yesterday when he came on. He never really had an impact yesterday. Uh, and then Hadji comes on for right and you just see the difference that night and day now. You know, I see a lot of stuff about Hadji on, on, on Twitter and my mate as well, my mate Gary, he was he was quite critical of him. But I think last season especially and, and, and following on into this season, I, I could understand some criticism before then. You know, he, he you know, he was, he was a wee bit in and out of games. And the thing about Hadji, he probably is one of those players that tries to make a forward pass every now and again. So that's why he'll maybe give the ball away because he's trying things. You know, but as a... Stephen Davis tends to just take care of the ball. You know, Hadji's one of these ones that's trying to cut open defences. And so it's higher risk in terms of the, 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 the types of passes that he's attempting to make. And so there's there's a higher chance that he's going to give it away. But I just think he's improved so much since he's came to Ibrox. And his body shape has changed so much as well. And he seems to be adapting to the Scottish game. He seems to be a bit tougher uh, now than he was when he first arrived. He's not afraid of the attack. Well, I'm not saying he was before, but... He certainly he gets stuck in now, and he can take it. He, he can take a done, uh, and I just think he's 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 probably out, out that sort of midfield area. Probably the player that's excelling at the moment because I don't think anyone in there is playing particularly well. I don't think Kamara's uh, played. I mean, I don't think he's played badly, but I don't think he's played played particularly superbly this season. Uh, Davis has has been okay. Uh, I, I I just don't think. In that middle area, Scott Arfield, your pal, hasn't he really done much since you know since he, he, any time he comes on? He's the one, Hadji's the one. I think this season that it, it, it probably has continued the form that he showed last season. One of the few, and I, I think we've got I think we've got a great player in our hands there. And when he does eventually go, I think we'll get a, a, a decent profit from him because he's. I think he's developing it in the way that the club envisaged that Steven Gerrard and Ross Wall would that's just how they envisaged how he would develop I, I think he's outstanding and he showed it on Wednesday you know he came, he came into that team that was struggling that was huffing and puffing and, and turned the game around Did I come in there as well about that? Uh, yeah please um, What I was going to say is like to play with Rangers it needs a certain amount of character it's not just about talent and I think he's got the, the character to play for Rangers I think he embraces it especially with the crowd at Rangers, when it gets on your back, sometimes maybe you go into a shell when you're, as, as Colin said, you want to play the simple ball. He doesn't do that. He always wants to try something different, try to do something forward. And like he always talks about numbers and then he's uh, interviews. And when he sees assists and his goals and the vital assists and goals that he got last season, that, that's the kind of level he is. He'll set up the goals that will win games 1-0 or he'll score the goals that will win us games 1-0. I think he's a, a top talent. And the fact that it was rumoured last week that we've accepted was a seventeen million pound for him, I think that's the kind of money we'll end up getting from him if that was true. Because I think he's an absolute fantastic player. That was going to be my next question, Gary. Does that does that Sorry. worry you that uh, these rumours that he might be off to Roma in, in January? I mean, surely at this point, given how the rest of the midfield and and, and forward line have started, he's he's fairly irreplaceable, is he not? Yeah, I could, you'd be worried, yeah, because the player is. But at the same time, we know that our model now is to uh, buy low and sell high. If you've signed him for three point five million and sell him for seventeen million after two years, it's, it's business that we've got to do. But on the back of that, we've got to list the guys who are ready to come in. 
whether that's Bakuna, who looks a kind of similar player, um, or, or plays in that, that area of the park anyway, time will tell. But for, for, for that to work, for us to buy and sell players, we need to have players to come in at the back of it. And it, not to try and compare ourselves to Celtic, but they've sold players for big money and they've not replaced people that's even close to that level. Think of Tierney, like Greg Taylor, signing like that, a Yeti and all that, and they've, they've sold uh, Dembele. And then we don't know about uh, the, Chinese, the Japanese guy because uh, he's injured at the moment for, to replace Edward. And they've just, we need to replace like for like. And I think that's what will, will be the, will tell us if it's worked or not. Yeah, absolutely. Colin, we do not have a good record at hand and over the last few seasons. Obviously, no no success in, in either trophy, in either cup for um, for quite a while now. And, and that's really been the, the biggest black mark against Gerrard's tenure at Rangers over the last few years. Uh, what do you think needs to be done? And it's a big question because it's probably a mentality thing more than a, a, a tactical approach. What needs to be done to overcome this this issue with playing at hand? It's a hard one to say, Ross. It's, I mean, I, I think we have to be fair and say there was a sort of gradual progression in terms of you know reaching finals and stuff like that, and it reached a peak when we when we got to the the Betfred Cup final in two thousand and nineteen, and we should have won that. You know, we really should have. Uh, it was just it was just one of those days. It didn't go for us, and you know the goal that Celtic got was you know offside, and then we get the penalty and miss it, and. And they had a good goalkeeper at the time that made you know a few good saves and kept them in the game, and that's that's part of football. You know what I mean? You've you, you've just got to take that on the chin. I think I think last season's the season that's most upset me in the cups. I must admit because we were so dominant in the league, and the the way, the way we went out in those in those cup competitions were almost laughable. You know, to 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 be we were two one down at St Martin with like five minutes to go and then Steve Davids equalises and then we still managed to, to, to throw it away as, as farcical and the, the whole St Johnson thing don't even get me started on allowing a big bearded man with a green fluorescent jersey coming out to your box and and no one thinks oh we better pick him up you know what I mean and again that was I think that was an injury time you know we were through and yeah. farcical I mean last year was really really disappointing uh, so I, it's, I, I mean, uh, we do need to win one of the cups. It's been too long. I think it was 2011 was the last time we won one of the domestic cups, mm-hmm. and we do. We need to go over it. Uh, we need to go over it. And the, the league cups always been kinder to Rangers than the Scottish Cup. You know, historically we've always went on kind of barren runs with the Scottish Cup. You know, we went 25 years without winning it back in the sort of. Uh, sort of 20s I think you know and then I, I, I was at the, the Rangers Airdrie Cup final in 1992 and that was the first time they'd won it in 11 years you know so historically we have kind of went through these runs in the Scottish Cup uh, where we don't win it but I, we need to win something soon you know in terms of the Cups it's been it's been far far too long and it's, and it's another way of you know uh, expressing your dominance and letting teams know that, that, that you're the best you know winning the, the, the domestic cup competition so I don't know if it's Hamden I, I, I really don't know because we've won semi-finals there before you know we've, we have won there before it's, it's just when we come to the final it's an issue so hopefully uh, we'll have enough uh, to get to, to, to get to Hamden uh, sorry to get to the final but the way they're playing now 
uh, uh, maybe leave it open for debate. We need we need to pick up those uh, performance levels, and if we do that, then yeah, I'd like, I, th- I think we would be in the final. Yeah, I think you're right, Gary. How much do you think this really impacts the legacy of of Stephen Gerrard's tenure as manager at Rangers? I mean, I mentioned before it was it was probably the biggest black mark on his on his career here. Um, but given everything that he achieved in the league, everything that he's achieved in Europe, do you think that his his failings failings in both cup competitions does it detract from that at all, or is it a minor inconvenience? It just depends how how his tenure ends. If he was to leave us with Champions League group stage football, three league titles, and no domestic cups, then I, I think it'd be a success. But at the same time. When he first came in, I think group stage of the Europa League was far more important for a rebuild than winning a League Cup or a Scottish Cup. Really, last season was the first time that you've that you've looked at it and says, now we, sh- we should be challenging. Um, and we didn't, which was very disappointing. As Colin said, the, the, the one final we did get, any day we would have won that game, bar that day, I think, because uh, Forster had the, the, the game of his life under offside goal as well, right enough. But uh, I, I think... On paper, when it says, oh, it's one in six, it looks a lot worse than what it actually is. If you look at the bigger picture, it says Europa League qualification, hopefully Champions League qualification next year. To me, they're a lot bigger for Rangers to get back to where, or get to where we think we should be, even better than where we were before, but get to a level that, that, that we know we can get to. I think uh, looking at that picture is a lot better than, than the, the old thing that says Rangers win trophies. Whereas at this point, it's maybe no the be all and end all, but we do need to get back to that. Yeah, we absolutely do. And I was there at that, that cup. Sorry, Ross, can I come in? Like, yeah, yeah, please do. See, like, see in some way, Gerrard's went, I think what Gary says there's a good point. You know, qualification for Europa League was was more important. But I think, well, I think everyone expected the Rangers to win a cup before they won the league. You know what I mean? That, that that would be part of the building blocks, and we've bypassed that, and you know we've won the league last season. Uh, so yeah, it would be good to see them winning a cup competition. But it, to me, what Gerard has done kind of mirrors what, what Klopp's done down the road. You know, Klopp didn't win, you know, the league cup, the FA Cup. He won the Champions League, and then then he won the league. You know, it it it, it sort of bypassed the sort of small domestic things and and dealt with Europe and uh, the title first. So. It's kind of similar, you know. It's we've, we've established ourselves as a Europa League team, which increases the revenue and, and, and brings in that. Obviously, it's not Champions League revenue, but it's revenue that we've, we've not had for a, a prolonged time before Gerard arrived. And now we've won the league and given ourselves a good chance. Of, as Gary says, getting Champions League football next season. So, aye, it'd be good to win the cups, but I don't think you could, could just describe what Gerard's achieved at Rangers as a failure because he's not won any of the cups. If you know. Yeah, no, I think you're you're spot on, um, gents. We'll we'll move on and just to close out the show, take a little look at some some squad news from throughout the week. Gary, a new deal confirmed for Glenn Kamara, who will be signed on until 2025 at, at the earliest. Um, what are your immediate thoughts and, and reactions to that news? I'm absolutely delighted. I've no idea why he's still with us. I, I generally thought it would have been twenty million pounds plus. Um, I, I rate him that highly. As I said when I was on the last time, um, his performances in the Euros and a, a, an average Finland team, to me, was a, a standout. 
he's so comfortable in the ball. It, it, it just looks comfy at any level. And it, but when I seen that the midweek come through that he'd, he'd signed that contract, that was over. I mean, I think he's a great player, and he's still at the age he could get better. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's definitely good news, Colin. It's something that that rumbled on for for quite a while, and and maybe we all expected it to be to be signed in the summer. Um, but I can imagine he was he was maybe waiting for the transfer window to close to see if anything happened there, and that might have suited suited Rangers as well as the player. Um, how pleased are you uh, to to see this one get over the line? Yeah, I'm surprised that he's still there. I'm, I'm with Gary. I thought after his performance in the Euros that someone would have been sniffing about. So if that's not to be, then yeah, it's great that he's still here. As I said earlier on, I don't think he's quite hit the same heights that he hit last season, but I mean, he's still, he's still a fantastic player. Uh, and he's, he's certainly another one that's, since he's been here, he's developed and, you know, he's, he's, he's really improved and to get him for 50 grand, that's, I mean, it's a, it's a nonsense, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a steal of the century and, and, it, and it's good that he's going to be here a wee bit longer. I think after all that, that business in the Europa League last season, you know, and that's that's maybe had a, a bearing in his, his decision to stay. You know, the way Gerard supported him and the club supported him, the supporters got behind him. You know, that wasn't nice for the guy to go through, I don't think. Uh, no, don't get me wrong, I have heard strong rumours that he, he cracked the boy a good gin and knocked out his teeth, which is fair enough. But... It's still not a nice thing to go through, you know, and the, and the sort of stuff that he had to put up with in social media and and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's nice that he's that he's staying, and and hopefully, if he does move on at some point in the future, we'll be talking about the sort of similar money that's been mentioned for Aji, because he's he's a he's a cracking player, and and like Dundee yesterday, I mean, the Dundee fans yesterday must have just been looking at him thinking we've had our pants properly pulled down on, on this, you know? What I mean. The, the, to get him for fifty grand is just it's just a nonsense, really. But it's, it's a nice nonsense. It's it's embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, fifty grand is the kind of sum that you'd be paying back in the nineteen fifties for a player. Like it's it's absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, and he's he's one of these players who's he's very cultured. He's very confident on the ball. He, he's he's a safe pair of hands, I suppose. Um, it's probably not the most potent in front of goal, but a very cultured player, a very uh, technically good player, a very smart player that you could see fitting into to pretty much any style of football. And, you know, clearly the, the move for him, I know he's he's from Finland, sort of international football-wise, he's from Finland, but really he's a, he's a Londoner, isn't he? So he's, he'll clearly have one eye on, on moving back down south and, and moving to the Premier League. And you can really see him fitting into... To that style of play, He's such a, a, a technically intelligent player. Um, Gary, another player who there's been a lot of contract discussions this season is is Connor Goldson, um, who came through the transfer window, still at Rangers. His contract is up at the end of this season. There's been a lot of rumour and conjecture about him signing a new contract. I think it must have been about six or eight weeks ago. It was very, very heavily rumoured that he was about to sign or that he had signed an extension and, and that was never formalised or, or, or finalised. Um, and his performances, in my opinion, have have really dropped at the start of this season. I thought he was poor again yesterday. I thought it was his fault that we ended up giving away that penalty and, and uh, he really, really should have done better. He's certainly not performing to the level that he did last season. It's an interesting one, Gary. What would you be doing if, if you were the Rangers manager? Because it's 
it's probably not one where we'd get a huge sum in January if we tried to, to get rid. And, and if the player doesn't want to sign a new deal, then what options do we have? Well, I think that the current situation we've got with Highlander being out, Cartage being on loan, Simpson being a bit dodgy, shall we say, um, and Balligan being the only other defender, I don't think we can get rid of him now. Uh, even in, uh, if a good offer came in at Christmas, if, if nobody else was available, I, I wouldn't be getting rid of him. I think uh, it's, if you were to keep him and qualify for the Champions League by winning the league, I think that would be pay for itself rather than kind of taking a, a low ball offer to just squeeze out of contract. But at the same time, I, I heard, uh, I think it was Gerard got asked about it. He just said it was noise. All, all, all these kind of paper talk about guys' uh, contract situations. If Gerard's not worried, that, I don't see why we should be worried, to be honest. Yeah, I, th- I, I mean, I think that that's, that's fair. But I think naturally we are going to question what's going on when vice-captain filled in as captain for, what, 10 or 15 matches at the end of last season when, when Tav was unavailable. Um, and we could see the impact with, without fans last year. We could see um, how vocal he was in leading that team on the park. Um, and that that's another thing that seems to have has disappeared this season. Uh, Colin, what do you think is is driving this? Is it possible that the, uh, I, I don't know, that he has one eye on, on a move in January and he's, his heart's not in it anymore? He's won the title, he's not signing a new contract, so going through the motions until he gets a move? Or is that maybe unfair on the player and, and overly simplistic? Uh, I mean, he's, he's in the final year of his deal, isn't it? He is. I, in my experience, when players get to this part, of their deal, then they're, they're running their contract down, you know, and, you know, he, he came for the Premier League, uh, you know, he was with Brighton, he's come up here, he's, he's played uh, extremely well since he's been here, obviously won, won the league last year with a defence that conceded uh, an embarrassingly low amount of goals and uh, never lost a game domestically in the league all season. So, you know, I, I could see some teams down there. They know he's got Premier League experience. He's come up here and he's performed well in the Europa League as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if someone's, you know, had a word and said, you know, we can bring you back down the road and we can give you more money and all that kind of thing. It feels, it always feels to me that when a player gets to this stage of the final year of their contract and they're still talking about negotiations and this, that and the next thing that, I think the player's got an eye on a move elsewhere and, and he's maybe already had discussions and has a, an agreement in place that, you know, come as it come January, he'll be able to sign a pre-contract or something like that. I might be wrong, but it seems a very, very late stage in proceedings to, to, to be agreeing an extension or a new deal or whatever. So I am kind of half reserved to the fact that Goldson won't be here next season. I, 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 I'm now starting to believe... During the summer, I was a wee bit more relaxed about it. I thought, no, no, you know, they're just discussing this, discussing that, a few wee bumps and all that to get over and the, the negotiations. But, you know, as I said, we're approaching winter now. We're, we're approaching the clocks going back and Halloween and Christmas and all that kind of stuff. We're, in my experience, when a player gets to this stage of their deal, then nine times out of ten, it, it results in them leaving at the end of the season. I might be wrong, but I, I think I think he could be on the move. I just come in there as well with the goals. Sure. Like, got to remember his age as well. He he doesn't owe Rangers anything. It's, it's easy for us to sit and as Rangers fans and say what he's got already. He's never missed a game. We've probably gave him a really good platform considering his injury problem before he came to us. But if you were to have 
told us at the start when he first came that for I think it was two and a half million we signed him for that you're probably counting on your hands how many games he's he's missed. He's won us a league title and possibly could win us a second league title. Then he was to leave and get a, a big move before he retires. I, I'd, I'd be I'd shake his hand, I really would, because I think he's been absolutely great for us. And so Gary, if 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 Goldson does leave at the end of the season on a free signs a pre-contract deal in January and is, is out the door for nothing at the end of the season, is there any criticism that can be levelled at the club as to how they've handled this? They've not secured him on a better contract. They've not managed to get a fee for him. Well, see, see, as I said before, I've probably said like a broken record. I, I think Rangers at this moment in time are at a glass ceiling when it comes to transfers based purely on our income. We've not sold anybody to maybe go to that extra level. We've not got the Champions League football to get to that extra level. So it could be just a case of there's a, a gentleman's agreement, whatever it may be, with, with Goldson to say, when your contract goes, we'll happily let you go, stay till then, and then hopefully we'll have more money to maybe bring somebody else in. Or it could be just a case, we've already got somebody lined up, but he's maybe just not available at the moment. Could be Katic, you, you just don't know. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Right, gents, I think that probably takes us to the end of today's show. So I will say, as always, a massive thank you to both Colin and to Gary to, uh, for, for giving up their Sunday evenings to, to give us their insight, which is, as always, very much appreciated. Um, the show will be back, as always, uh, next Sunday. We might as well also have a, a few preview shows kicking about as we will have the, uh, the look ahead to Rangers' trip to Prague on Thursday. Uh, sadly, that will be behind closed doors, but certainly worth keeping an eye on as well. Uh, before we then return with the uh, Scottish Premiership action at home against Hibernian next weekend. In the meantime, please do head over to the website at www.jersnet.co.uk where you can get involved in the friendly discussion forum and have a look at the match previews there as well. A massive thank you to all of you who have joined us live tonight on the YouTube stream. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please do remember to download the podcast from Monday uh, and maybe give us a wee like and a subscribe there as well. Until we're back next time, thank you so much for listening and have a great week. <laughs>